wow. What happened? Welcome to episode 11 of Rockstar CMO FM. The M is for marketing, the F is for, well, you decide, as this is yet another effing marketing podcast. I'm your host, Ian Truscott, founding editor of Rockstar CMO, your monthly dose of marketing street knowledge. You can find us at rockstarcmo.com or at Rockstar CMO on Twitter or LinkedIn. This episode was recorded on Friday the 22nd of May, and I was delighted to learn that this podcast has been listened to in over 20 countries. So I'm not sure where you are in the crisis, but here in London, as far as we are concerned, if the bars and restaurants are shut, we are locked down. So while we all pine for the pub, thank you for choosing us to keep you company. In this episode, I'll flick through the latest issue of Rockstar CMO and take a look at an article I think is worth a look at. I chat to experienced retail marketer and Photify CEO John Andrews about employee-created content and what he thinks is the future of retail. And we again join my friend and content marketing guru, Robert Rose, for a cocktail and one thought from him. Let's get started, shall we? This week, as I flick through the pages of Rockstar CMO, I'm not going to talk about an article, but one of our regular features, the backstage Q&A, which I'd like you to take a look at. It's pretty much why we do what we do, to share marketing street knowledge from those actually doing it. In our monthly publication, we've chatted to over 20 leading marketers and CMOs over the last two years. And through these lighthearted interviews, we've learned an awful lot about what the backstory is of a successful CMO. From karaoke, climbing Kilimanjaro, selling cigarettes in their playground to a former life as an opera singer, it's all there. At the same time, we've learned some really useful tips and techniques for success in the riskiest gig in the C-suite. You can find your backstage pass at rockstarcmo.com forward slash backstage. And I will, of course, include a link to this in the show notes. Right, so on to our interview this week. I'm chatting to John Andrews, CEO of Photify, which, as we will learn in the conversation, is a mobile content creation platform used by enterprises and small businesses to scale up their influencer reach through their employees and for individuals to up their social media game. John has a long career as a marketer, specifically in retail. I consider him my go-to retail guy. And as various theories swirl around about what post-COVID shopping might look like, I take the opportunity to ask what his predictions are for that. Hope you enjoy our conversation. So welcome, John, to Rockstar CMO FM. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you very much. I'm glad to glad to be here through the magic of technology. That's great. Uh, I am uh, John Andrews. I'm the uh, uh, current uh, job is the uh, I'm the CEO of Photify, which is a content creation platform for uh, businesses to make uh, employee created content. And I'm a lifetime marketer and have um, uh, you know I, I teach at at our local university as, as an adjunct professor from time to time, and and I tell my students, um, you, you know, think about your career, let me, let me give you some, some insights. Um, when I graduated from business school in 1997, right? Mm-hmm. Think about that date. That's not a long time ago, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
you know, the main marketing tools were TV, radio, and print, yeah. right? Maybe a little outdoor. There was no e- there was no email. Email was something universities used, yeah. right? There was certainly no internet, <laughs> and um, you, you know, we had some uh, we had some mobile phones that were about as big as a brick back then. Mm-hmm. They were getting a little smaller. Yeah. That was it, right? And so think about in the span of, of uh, the career of a marketer, and this is most industries, right? Yeah. But marketing, wow. Like, what happened? You know, and my career is not, my, my career is not over. Right? Yeah. So there's more change coming. But yeah, yeah and, and you just think about all of these, these things and tools that, that we, we had and, yeah. and how we've had to learn new tools and, 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 you know, so, um, yeah, so yeah. I, I'm, I'm a marketer and, um, and you teach marketing uh, and I, I teach marketing. I write about marketing and, and I, uh, sometimes implement. Marketing. <laughs> well, we certainly enjoy your point of view on Rockstar CMA. You mentioned there about, um, ACC employee created content. Tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. So, um, Employee created content, I, I think, is a, is a natural evolution of, you know, what's been going on. If you think about the past 10 to 15 years with influencer marketing, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, uh, my my business partner, Ted Rubin, uh, likes to say um, everyone influences someone. Mm-hmm. So every it, it doesn't matter if you're a parent, you influence your kids. Mm-hmm. If you're, you know, if you're a member of your church, you may influence other person. Everyone does influence mm-hmm. other people. And. Now, most people or a lot of people use digital media in some form or another. You're on Facebook, you're making TikTok videos, you're sending text. You know, it's all digital media. You're influencing people mm-hmm. as you do that. You know, you may be influencing them on where we're going to eat dinner tonight or, or whatever. And um, we've worked in influencer marketing since the you know, 2007, 2008 timeframe mm-hmm. and watched that, um, that category grow. And, and what what was always you know kind of under the radar there is the biggest influencers for any company are the people that work. Oh, uh, for sure. Right? Yeah. Think about yeah. Think about that. We, a lot of a lot of brands will spend lots of time thinking about how do we inter- interact with these influence marketers and, and but they've got these huge armies of of influencers that that already work for the company, yeah, yeah. right? And, and we're moving into a, a, a stage where you know. You think about people 25 and under, they create content to communicate. Yeah. And think especially, you know, Snapchat and, and TikTok. Um, my, my daughter's 14. That, this is how she communicates, right? Uh, it's it's weird to us because, you know, this is it, this side picture of my head and that's a, that's a piece of content. Yeah, for right? sure. You know? yeah. and, and we don't think about that as content as marketers, but they sure do, right? You know? So, so I used to work for um, Walmart, and when I worked for Walmart uh, in marketing back back in the day, uh, we had about two point two million employees at that time globally, uh, between Walmart and ASDA and you know all the all, all of Walmart's. You know, so think think about that. All of those people, most most of those two million people were influencing people on a daily basis by interacting them with them in the store, right? And and hey, where where do I find this thing or how do I return this or do you know how to use this or or what whatever, right? 
Now, imagine just a portion of those people, 10%, 220,000 people also creating content at their stores with a local level, at the local level. Imagine that as a layer in your marketing mix, in your marketing stack or whatever people like to call all the things they do in marketing today. Uh, you know, that would overwhelm any scale, engagement, reach of anything else you would do, right? And, and our thinking is add that to your mix, right? It, it doesn't replace anything. It is additive and, and helps um, take branded content and extrapolate it through your employees' personal networks to, to their networks. Yeah, I mean, it's the ultimate micro-influencer strategy, isn't it? I mean, even if they... Yeah. I mean, you look at those 220,000 people, they just influence a few people each. That's, that's amazing. It, it's massive. Yeah. And, and it, it ticks the box uh, of a lot of things that um, digital media wants to do because of how mm-hmm. it works algorithmically, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, Google and, and Facebook uh, and, and Amazon all really want to show you content that is is relevant to you, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's the whole purpose of Google, yeah. right? Um, one of the biggest, it, I mean, it is, yeah, right? yeah. one of the biggest uh, 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 components of relevancy in most things is, is localization, yeah. right? You know, when I... Um, you know, I, I, I wrote a post one time called uh, uh, um, Blank Near Me, right? If you type any word into a Google search bar, yeah, one of the suggested searches, you know, the things yeah. that pop down on the bottom is uh, pizza near me, yeah. sushi near yeah. me, movies near yeah, me, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, uh, the reason is because that's, that's what people are looking for yeah. Google's Google knows this, yeah. you, you know. So, so we think that employee-created content helps Walmart and Domino's Pizza and uh, whoever, yeah. right? Um, uh, really drive the the uh, efficacy of that search in ways that go beyond me just paying Google yeah. to. to do that yeah yeah no i think it's a it's a it's a great strategy and how how does photify fit into that and what's your story with them you've been with them what five years or so yeah i i've been an advisor for photify since 2014 Mm -hmm. um and um became the ceo in late 2017 Mm -hmm. Uh, we're really moving to this this model of helping um uh, enterprises with this process right. with employee created content and how, how we really fit in is we are just a very simple and easy to use tool for employees to create content using branded assets. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, we get compared often to folks like Canva and Adobe spark. All right. And, and we, we appreciate mm-hmm. that because I think it helps people frame what we do our big point of difference is we are not designed for designers. Right. We are not designed for really for marketers, right? right? We are for designers and marketers to give access to their creations yeah. to people who are not designers and not creatives 
to be able to create great looking content for their brand. Right, right. So you're de-skilling it, just making it really easy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the, you know, and, and that, that's a hard, um, uh, it, it's sort of a hard idea, I think, for people to get their heads around yeah. that, um, it, you know, your your marketing is now not just your marketing department. Yeah. But it, it, look how many companies finally embraced every CEO tweets now. Yeah, yeah, right? that's true. Um, whether you, whether you like our president or you don't, uh, he, he shows the efficacy of Twitter, yeah, right? He does. It, you know, I, I mean, he, he, he shows that the Twitter is the ultimate, let's go talk to people right now, yeah. right? Yeah. About whatever I'm thinking about and, and CEOs, most CEOs tweet a lot of, a lot of little, you know, mm. Why would you not have the people closest to your customer yeah. creating content yeah. as well? And I, I think most people are getting their heads around that. Yeah. Um, we see a real um, movement towards employee created content. It was really driven by our first enterprise customers were direct selling companies. Right. So folks like Arbonne and Cincy and Norwex and, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, they really understood the value of personal relationships early because that's how they run their business. Yeah. You know, if I'm a, if I'm an Arbon rep, my business depends on me interacting with my personal network. Yeah. When social and digital really began to grow, they're like, Oh, well, of course, yeah. we, this is how you do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and now we see that mentality really growing as every business is, I think realizing, you know, if I'm a local Domino's pizza franchisee, right. Yeah. Domino's is doing a great job at the top level with TV ads and and probably digital. They're they're managing search and all that stuff. Yeah. But Domino's in Michigan, their corporate in Michigan, uh, does not know that my daughter's school won the state championship in football. Right. right? Me as the local franchisee knows this. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can leverage content to be relevant to my shopper um, using assets that help my brand look consistent too. Yeah. You know. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, no, absolutely. And I, I also think that um, some of the best brands, um, and certainly in the space I tend to work in, marketing technology, where you see engaged employees is also good for hiring, right? Because you know, you, you create this tribe of people, don't you? And and people want to join that tribe. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think you're right. You know, one of the pushbacks we'll get is, well, you know, a lot of people don't want to make content mm. about their company. Mm. And I'm like, okay, fair. Um, but you know what? A certain percentage do. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the more, the, the younger your employee base is, it's a natural that, yeah, I'm at work. Yeah, I'm, you know, I mean, it, yeah, it's yeah. part of what they do. What we also see is in, in a lot of cases, people are making content anyway, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so, you know, I've got a pretty powerful content creation tool yeah. in my pocket when I go to work. Yeah. And uh, um, I'm going to make content, yeah. you know, and, 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 and I think a lot of people are going to make content. Yeah. Don't you want to give them a framework, yeah. give them tools, encourage them, yeah. right? Yes, make content when you have time, yeah. you know, and create um, a, a consistent brand look and feel 
but with the authenticity of the creator, not just resharing canned yeah. corporate content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that was like... And I think that's the subtle difference that matters. Yeah, I mean, people see through that, don't they? When it's those canned tweets that have clearly come from marketing, um, and that's not the genuine voice of the employee. Um, and I, I, I also think that the culture of work is changing. Like, we are all marketers now for whatever organization we work for, and, and really... It says something if you're not proud of your employer in some way that maybe you need to figure out, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, and maybe your employee needs to figure yeah, out. Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Something, there's something broken out. down in the relationship there. Um, you mentioned yeah. Walmart earlier, and whenever I'm looking for topics and we're talking on Rockstar, um, I, I, I see you as a retail guru. I see you as my go-to retail guy, and I think we had a little bit of back and forth on LinkedIn the other day about retail. What's your view at the moment about retail, aside from employee? I mean, clearly, employee-created content is going to be very important for them. But at the moment, we're going through a bit of a tough time. Where do you see that? Yeah, that is a great question. Um, you know, I'm like a lot of people that I think um, the honest answer to that is no one knows. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, we're, we're um, you, you know, we're going through various uh, stages of reopening. Mm-hmm. Uh, my state uh, is is moving into what, what they're calling phase two mm-hmm. of reopening tomorrow, uh, which means restaurants can open with 50 percent oh. capacity mm-hmm. um, salons. I think the, the things left closed are bars and gems. Right. right? Um, and, and so, you know, what I think is there are I actually published a blog post about this this morning. I'll, I'll share that. Yeah, I'll you. put that in uh, the show notes. Thank you. Sure. Um, talking about this, this exact thing mm-hmm. it is, uh, there was a wonderful article in slate yesterday or maybe the day before where they, they surveyed shoppers and, and they said, Hey, how comfortable are you to do these various things? You know, get on an airplane, uh, go to yeah. a movie, go to a restaurant, you know, whatever. Yeah. Right? And, there was a group of people who absolutely can't wait to go and they're going to go, mm-hmm. right? As you would expect. There's a group in the middle of, nah, I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. You can kind of wait. And then there was an equal size group that, hell no, I'm not going, yeah. right? You know, yeah, so, yeah. so retail is going to have to over communicate right now. How are you keeping me safe? Yeah. How are you? Um, how are you making it easy to not have to have a lot of contact to shop? Yeah, you know what? What kinds of things are you doing? I I, I think that there, there's demand. People want to 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 yeah, you know yeah, yeah. They, they want to return yeah. to life as normal. Yeah, um, there will be different levels of comfort that retailers are going to have to help people with. Yeah. And you, you may have been following, you know, some of the controversy of, of Costco here in the, the, the States. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a, there was a, uh, they, they're requiring shoppers to wear masks. Yeah. Right. Their store, their thing, they can do that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, some people have gotten upset about that. Right. And, and, but they've communicated this clearly. If you come to Costco, we require you to wear a mask. Yeah. Right. Um, my thinking is, you know, uh, there are going to be groups of people who go, uh, oh, you know, forget you, Costco. This is this is terrible. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Um, and they're not going to shop there. Yeah. Right. But there's going to be an equal number of people who go, wow, that makes me feel comfortable. Yeah. I'm going to go to Costco yeah. because 
you know, and Costco's doing that math or, or yeah. you know, but I, I think this is what we're going to see is all kinds of approaches. Yeah. Uh, and what I think retailers can do is help people understand what they're doing, yeah. especially locally. And, you yeah, know, shameless yeah. plug, this goes back no, to employee content a little bit, yeah. is uh, you, what are you doing yeah. in your store to help reopen, yeah. help get back to normal, but also help keep people, yeah. people safe? Yeah, so you're seeing it as um... – I mean, because I was wondering, well, there's been a lot of discussion about this, about whether this is just hastening the decline of retail stores that was already in decline before, and now people are just going to never show up. So you're not seeing it like that. Do you, because I, I also see shopping as two things. One is fulfillment of need, but also it's a leisure activity right. for a lot of people. So where do you sit on that? Yeah, I, I think this um, this accelerated what was already happening, I think, by about five years, yeah. right? Um, so I think you're going to see a lot of uh, retail go away that's just not sustainable, yeah. right? So you saw um, JCPenney recently declared bankruptcy. Um, Pier 1, uh, and, and I think we're going to see 40 to 50 retail bankruptcies probably within the rest of the year yeah. uh, here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of it is going to be mid-tier and niche retail right. that, to your point, um, might have been a little more on the entertainment side. Yeah. Uh, but you know, people like Walmart, Asda, uh, you, you know, Target uh, are going to thrive because you're going to see a consolidation. Yeah. You know, Walmart. I don't remember what the exact numbers were, but I think Walmart picked up about forty percent of the total retail volume when Toys R Us closed down. Wow. Yeah. Right? So imagine what happens to to JC Penney and. Yeah. and and all that volume, it will aggregate. You'll you'll create stronger retailers, yeah. right? But you'll also hasten. You know, in in March of of this year, uh, one third of households in the United States used grocery pickup. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The month before that, it was less than ten percent. Yeah. So to your point, once I use grocery pickup, a Fair number of those people are going to. Yeah, Why yeah. have I been into a grocery yeah, store? Yeah, this is not yeah. convenient. Yeah, I'll just I'll do this. Yeah. I, you know, maybe it was beyond my comfort, but that was easy. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So the the consumer has been digitally transformed. So therefore, we the the retailer needs to follow. I think this is really yeah, interesting. They were, they were transformed by force. Yeah, right? yeah. Because they had to. Yeah, you, yeah. You had no you had no choice. Yeah. I mean, the option was there. Yeah. But yeah, it it definitely sped it up. Yeah, I think this is a fascinating topic because also when you look at the shift in retail is if JCPenney go, my knowledge of American malls is those are the corner store, corner stone stores. Uh, and so if that if that then moves to the big boxes, what happens to the mall? Yeah, well, I think malls are going to adapt as well. Yeah. So we have a we have a thriving mall a mile and a half from my home. Yeah. And. It's massive anchors are Sears. Yeah. I mean, I, I bet our Sears store at this mall, which by the way just closed, uh-huh. uh, it, I mean, it closed before COVID. It was, it was, it was gone. Yeah. I bet that's 300,000 square feet of space. Wow. Um, and there's a Macy's there that I would imagine is going to get closed. It's probably another 100 to 150. So, yeah. so you're going to have close to a half million square feet of space in that mall. But that mall has been 
transforming to there's much more restaurants, right? Right. There's a Starbucks. Yeah. I expect that we're going to see things like um, Kumon, you know, learning, yeah. learning places and even dentists and other things. So, you know, I can, we can take our daughter to, to her math tutoring yeah. and we can go have a glass of wine at the, the restaurant. That sounds perfect. I, 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 yeah. So they'll become Everybody more, wins. more of an entertainment, um, you know, focus on the leisure activity of shopping rather than the fulfillment. A hundred percent. And why? But also other stuff, yeah. right? You, you know, we um, you're seeing this rise now, and, and COVID uh, uh, created this yeah. of, of uh, dark restaurants, or there's another name they for, but you know, yeah. it, it's basically a, a restaurant production center, and you may have several restaurants. You might have a McDonald's and uh-huh, a, yeah. a, a Pizza Hut and a whatever, mm-hmm. but they don't serve any people. They're just there for delivery. Yeah. So it's just for the efficiency of food production yeah. and, 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 and uh, location for delivery. Yeah. I think, um, I think you're going to see things like um, whole foods moving into some of these malls yeah. where you've got, you, you know, more of an interactive uh, shop. You know, yeah. I love to go to whole yeah, foods absolutely. and just yeah. hang out. Yeah, yeah. And, and have a beer and, yeah. and shop yeah, and, yeah. you know, maybe get some fresh to eat, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. Right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a routine trip. No. So, so I think malls are going to be creative, but I, I think you'll, you'll just see a, a shift to people want to go and be together. Yeah. Well, especially That's now, especially now they'll be craving it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but I don't need to necessarily go to a place to get a pair of khakis. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you know what you like, and you can shout it, Alexa. Yeah. <laughs> you can just shout it, Alexa. Need new khakis, and it will know what to do. Um, yeah. Well, Alexa will take care of it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and luckily, we didn't have one in the room when I said it. Otherwise, <laughs> oh, yeah. both of us will be getting khakis. Well, and what's great about that is, is Alexa will be like, "Well, I've noticed you haven't been working out much lately, and you've been uh, drinking a lot, so I'm going to order you a size up." <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I'm going to steer the conversation back to Rockstar CMO. I always enjoy talking to you about retail. So that, that's exciting. I hope, hope the listeners enjoyed that too. But when you, we talked to you uh, on Rockstar CMO, and you've written a number of articles for us, but when we did the backstage Q&A, uh, you chucked push marketing into the Rockstar CMO swimming pool. Now, just for the benefit of the listeners that aren't regular, the Rockstar CMO swimming pool is where we throw all the bullshit, snake oil, and everything we don't like about this industry and hope that it disappears. And you went for push marketing. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so so that's my personal uh, <laughs> uh, that's my personal hate, and I just I just it's over. Yeah, right. Uh, and I know that it's exciting because we you have all this data now, right? Yeah. And you you know that I looked at um, you know you know that I looked at at a uh, at a pair of shoes online, yeah. and and then all of a sudden those shoes are stalking me everywhere I go, and they're yeah. they're in ads on my Facebook, and they're on my yeah. my uh, you know and. and um, there's there's a funny cartoon that uh, the cartoonist, uh, the marketing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Cartoon, yeah. It, 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 there's a man and a woman, and they're open opening fortune cookies, and it says your life could be fulfilled by the flat panel TV that you looked at recently. <laughs> 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 like, yeah. 
Come on, yeah. man, that's what it feels like. Yeah, yeah. And and I just think that it, that you know, I, I uh, people will go on and on about the efficiency and the effectiveness yeah. and whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but it gets less efficient all the time. And marketers respond by just sending more messages yeah. to get the result. Yeah. I'm like without regard for what that does to the user experience, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Hey, Nike, I, I love your brand, yeah. right? And when I need Nikes, yeah. I know where to find them. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right? yeah. And I buy, you know, I buy, um, I'm, I'm a, a bit of a sneakerhead, and, and I buy, I like really cool shoes. Yeah. And I buy all of my Nikes exclusively online now from directly from Nike. Yeah. Right. And what's great about that for me and for Nike is no more bullshit. Right. <laughs> so, so I don't, I don't have to have Foot Locker or somebody else yeah. in the middle of that conversation yeah. and neither does Nike. Yeah. Right. So Nike knows my purchase habits and they've, I've noticed that their marketing has gotten fantastic. Right. Yeah. So they don't bug me, but they know exactly roughly my frequency of purchase, wow. right? Yeah. So I won't see Nike for a long time. Yeah. And then all of a sudden on Instagram, I'll see the exact shoes that I, they know that I love. <laughs> the exact, I, I love the Nike 270. Yeah. And when they drop a new colorway, I start seeing, you know, I'll start seeing them in my, my Insta feed, yeah. right? And every once in a while, I'll buy it, by the way, directly from the Insta feed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They have first-party data. Yeah. They know what's in my closet. Yeah. They know I mean, all of this stuff, and they're being respectful yeah, of that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like, hey, we've got sale on Nikes. Well, no shit. Yeah. We've got a sale every week. Yeah, Nikes, yeah. You know? Well, I, uh, I get – I mean, for me, when I see brands in my Facebook feed, um, I get disappointed. It's like it's like a Chinese water torture is what I think of that brand. You know, it's like, oh, not you. Don't you do this. You know what I mean? Like and then at the moment I'm doing some research in, in, in marketing technology. And now I've got vendors in my Facebook feed. I don't want vendors. I don't want marketing technology vendors in my Facebook feed. I'm in Facebook for a different purpose. And it's yeah. and you see these you see these guys pop up. And you think, oh, what are you doing? You know, it's disappointing. I, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. Um, and, and the thing is, why not just put content into my feed? I, I don't mm. mind sponsored content, but sponsored sell me something is just uh, you know. It, it, imagine if every TV commercial was like a, a Facebook brand <laughs> ad, right? Yeah. Buy some shit. Buy some shit now. And, and a lot of TV commercials are, but. Yeah. What about just informing and entertaining and, and being part of, of a conversation? Or even better, what about just publishing content that I could come across when I want to? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. This, is, this is back to your idea about a push marketing world. Yeah. Make content. I'll find it when I need it. Mm-hmm. I will come across it. I will engage with it. But yeah. it, the, the idea that you're going to give me an ad and some – sequence of shit is going to happen is a bad idea. I mean, you know, and yes, it will convert if you show it to enough people. Yeah. But what what people don't measure is what brand uh, damage is done 
yeah. in that process. Because yeah. I, yeah. I'm with you. I, I tune, I tune it out, and I, and I think less of it as a brand. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not the 0.5 percent that converts; it's the 99.95 percent that you're pissing off. Yeah, exactly. Potentially. Potentially, yeah, yeah. That should be a meme because that that's the, that that's the that's the thing. And yeah. how much brand equity has been destroyed? by the desperation uh, of that mm-hmm. of that process. Mm-hmm. You know, Amazon works because it's there, it's on, it's mm. got the information that I need when I need it. Yeah. And it just makes it easy for me, not because it's telling me about a sale every third minute. Yeah. You know? So it sounds like it sounds like push marketing is still the hot thing we need to be chucking in the pool then. There's no change there in the last, when was it? Two years ago, I think we did the yeah, Q&A. Yeah. So the, the, yeah. the passion still runs deep. No, it's it's just I and, and you're you know I, I'm with you and I I when I see it and it's really badly done I'm just thinking why how is this happening yeah you know, and I, you know the other part of the problem too is it, it very often um, the uh, very often the parts of the marketing uh, uh, teams are not connected and communicating yeah so. You, you, you have an email team. What's their, what, what are they, how do they make their money? What are they, mm-hmm. what are they, what are they graded on? You know, it's, it's the only rational reason. Maybe you have a better idea that mm-hmm. I can get from why some brands, I get an email literally every day and sometimes multiple times a day. Yeah. Right? And I don't know whose marketing brain thought, wow, that'd be a really great idea yeah. for me to, and by the way, I don't see it because Google yeah, chucks puts, it, puts it into my promotion yeah, box. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, but what they're what someone has said is, well, we get a, a tenth of a percent uh, yeah. of a return on that, so we're making money. Yeah. So you if know, we do it more. <laughs> that 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 is the rule of diminishing returns in it. So we're pissing ninety nine point five percent of our audience off, but we'll we'll just do it more <laughs> for the little naught point five percent. And you and you and you see it, and it just looks funny. I, I mean, yeah. anytime you you want to have a laugh, go to your Google, <laughs> go to your Google Promotions folder, and yeah. and and type in a, you know, a brand where you see, and you'll literally see this, this yeah. chunk of, of emails coming from, I don't know, Banana Republic or someplace. Yeah. And they're like, we have a sale. We have a bigger sale. Hey, guess yeah. what? We have a sale. No, uh, yeah. you know what? No shirts on sale. I'm like, no shit. You have a sale. Uh, but what my brain and every other consumer's brain does is say, why would I ever pay full price for something? <laughs> yeah. That- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I did. Yeah, I did an executive networking event, and I met um, somebody that ran a, a, a shirt, a famous shirt brand here, and they've always got a sale on, constantly got a sale on. And I said to them, "Look, in my head, the price of your shirts is this because they're never full price. So it's it. You've just completely undermined the value of your product. And, and, and if I, I yeah, price, if I paid full price, I'd feel stupid. Yeah." Yeah. Right, like I, I would feel like I'm just being a, a dumb consumer. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I don't know if you, if, you've, if if the the situation is the the same in the the UK, but um, automakers in the US are, are now following this pattern, right? Mm-hmm. 
So, so all of these, I think about this with the, the pickup truck market, right? Yeah. So, uh, the, you know, we like these big pickup trucks here. Yeah. Super big. Um, and so they start out, this is, this is the automakers, this is Ford and GM and, and Chrysler. Yeah. These are their cash cows, right? And they make lots of profit on these things. Yeah. So they start out at, you know, uh, I mean, a, a fully, a, uh, you know, fully appointed, uh, you know, new GMC is, 75 80 eighty thousand dollars you know yeah. but but it within a few months of a new model on you'll see they're 10 percent off yeah and then they're 20 percent off and yeah. all of a sudden you're getting like 25 grand off a pickup truck right yeah and i'm like well so everybody who bought one for 80 mm-hmm. is now worth 55 yeah. right the moment I buy mine at 55, you know, yeah, yeah. like I will be so pissed off, you know, maybe <laughs> people have a lot of money or something, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's totally the model down it. And, and they advertise, you know, um, they mm. advertise uh, 20% off. I'm like, mm. what the hell? Mm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's your, it's your third experience. It's like, well, wait, the real price of that thing is, is X, not, yeah. not Y. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, I could clearly talk to you all day. <laughs> and this has been really fun. When uh, when when, uh, when our listeners spin the dial on the interwebs, where can they find you, John? Fortify, uh, fortify.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I am Katahdin, uh, K-A-T-A-D-H-I-N, mm-hmm. on every social channel except Snapchat. Yeah, and I'd love to, where, just a quick one, where did that name come from? Uh, Katahdin is a, a big mountain in Maine. It's the end of uh, it's end of um, the Appalachian Trail, yeah. and it's a really beautiful place. I actually spell uh, the name wrong on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of superstition in, uh, in in mountain climbing and hiking, and um, I don't want to piss off any mountain gods. So, yeah. so, <laughs> And I go up and, uh, and, and hike that thing uh, every once in a while. Uh, but, yeah, I, I've used it. Uh, I think that was my first yeah. email back in the day, and uh, I've just used it since then. I love it. I love it. Anyway, lovely to talk to you, John. And I'm glad we uh, got to speak in person after collaborating for so long on Rockstar. Uh, yeah. I look forward to speaking to you again. Thanks, Ian. I really appreciate it. Cheers, John. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Splendid. Thanks, John. Of course, I'll share all the links from our conversation in the show notes, including John's original backstage interview with us, plus a link to a free download we've produced that discusses employee-created content called the Employee Amplifier. It's a new feature we're calling the Long Play. You can find the show notes at rockstarcmo.com forward slash podcast. And what's this? A TikTok notification that Robert Rose, chief troublemaker for the content advisory, is in the virtual Rockstar CMO bar. I best go join him. So, Robert, good evening. What are you drinking? Oh, my goodness gracious. It's great to be with you, my friend. Uh, this week, it's a mashup of uh, two of my very favorite cocktails, and I'm so I'm calling it the Mexican Old Fashioned. Um, and it's a, it's a fun drink. It's a spectacular 
extra anejo, which is a tequila, of course, a aged tequila. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I miss uh, I mix that with a little agave nectar, oh. uh, a little angostura bitters, which most people have in their yes. bar, uh, and and then uh, dipped in with, of course, you know, what you have to have with a good old fashioned, an orange peel. Um, and a little bit of a brandied cherry. Okay. So it's uh, it's a lovely, lovely drink. Much more old-fashioned than it is a tequila drink, but uh, indeed a Mexican old-fashioned. That sounds delicious. And last week you, you, you had bourbon and you've, you've switched it out. That's nice. Anyway, so I'm going to have yeah. a look at making that. So what I've got here, I've got some Bombay Sapphire Gin. Is that similar? Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, it's a little bit similar to the extra Nejo. Yeah, oh, it's a little bit similar. I, I knew I had good taste, right? And I've got some ice. Uh, yes, is that an ice? Uh, it is a rock drink. Yeah, usually one one rock would do, but if you have to have multiples, you go ahead. All right, I got some ice in my in my uh, in my gin, and and then uh, what were the what did I need to mix with? That? Uh, if you've got a little Angostura bitters, uh, agave nectar, mm-hmm. uh, and an orange peel and a brandy cherry mm-hmm. is what you. Let need. me let me see what I've got here. I've got some tonic. Hang on. Oh, I think that's fairly similar, isn't it? I mean, it, yes, it it sounds like it's just a good mirror mm-hmm. image, really. Let me try that. Mmm, that is nice, Robert. Very nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I'm going to drink more of those. Yeah, <laughs> I do. And remind us, what was that yeah. called? Very refreshing. Oh, it's, very refreshing. It's delicious. Yeah. And what was that called? That was called the Mexican Old Fashioned. Well, I'm going to drink more of these. I tell you, a Mexican Old Fashioned. And uh, why why did you go for Mexican old fashioned? You know, I, uh, I, I, I it's one of those things where I am uh, always trying to experiment with tequilas mm-hmm. and how I can stretch the cocktails um, that I want to uh, that I want to drink. Mm-hmm. And old and, and old fashions are one of my very favorites. Yeah. Um, and I thought, huh, I wonder if an old fashioned, basically a classic old yeah, fashioned, yeah. would work with. Uh, tequila yeah. and sure enough it does as you can taste yeah <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> we've just done a joke that i'm drinking a gin and tonic but um, yeah. but um <laughs> i love an old-fashioned and um it's 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 a mad men cliche but i love an old-fashioned but i should try it with tequila because that sounds delicious absolutely delicious well we love having these cocktails at home as we've discussed before where in the world would we drink this one uh, well, I think there's only one great place to drink old fashions, and that's New York City. Um, you know, and so I, you know, there are some great bars in yeah. New York City, which I miss dearly right now. Yeah. Um, and having a great old fashioned um, or even a Mexican old fashioned yeah. in New York City would be key right now. Yeah, I, I agree. I love, I love, I, well, I mean, you and I have drunk in New York before. I think we were drinking martinis, if I remember rightly, but um, yes, I agree with you, absolutely. Um, and once uh, once we'd had a few of these and uh, we're going back to the hotel, um, what thought would I would be left in my mind having a conversation with you at the bar? You know, I think one of the biggest things that we've been focused on right now is figuring out, you know, where your audience is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have been, you know, so many of us have done audience personas or buyer personas and really understand how to align the content we're creating to our buyer or audience journey. Uh-huh. Um, and I think one of the things that I would point to right now is laying over a lens 
um, of a different kind of segment, right? Even for some of the customers that you would normally put into the same persona group, yeah. there's a lens we should be looking at right now that says, you know, we typically separate them into four groups, which is the, you know, things are never going to be the same again. Yeah. Um, the safe, what we call the safe, but sane, those yeah. are, you know, people that are, that are generally feeling uh, okay, but they're definitely very conservative now and they're buckling down. Yeah. Um, the third would be what we would call the, uh, uh, normal, mm-hmm. uh, or sort of life as usual or business as usual. And those yeah. are personas that quite frankly would most resemble what your normal persona is. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is what we call the YOLO, the, you, you know, you only live once, mm-hmm. which are typically those that look to actively innovate in this kind of time of a crisis. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the interesting things is we often look at that as a great um, opportunity for new customers. But what, one of the things we have to understand is that our existing customers that are YOLOs may be looking to switch right now. Yeah. And so going at that with a different kind of story, yeah. a different kind of message, maybe the most prioritized thing we can do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, I, I love that I, I, because um something something I've written about as well is that um, we're also kind of changing our mind about where we sit in this thing and, and everybody's going through their own journey aren't they of processing where they are right now and it's we have to be very sensitive to that that's right absolutely yeah. and that's the real key is like are we you know if most of our audience right now is in that sort of things are never going to be the same again and they're buckling down yeah now is not the time to hit them with things like discounts and yeah. coupons and, you know, yeah. in sales and buy now, because yeah. quite frankly, they're just not going to be uh, very warm to that, that idea. Uh, well, that's um, splendid to spend some time with you, but I look forward to when we're actually doing this for real. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, and I'll speak to you soon. Absolutely. Cheers. Thank you very much, Robert. Cheers. Thank you, Robert. Well, that's it. Another episode of Rockstar CMO FM in the can, pressed and ready for your podcasting jukebox. Thank you to our wonderful Rockstar CMO contributing community, to Robert and my guest this week, John Andrews. And thank you. Delighted you joined us. If you like what you heard, then please subscribe. We have some great guests in the schedule and please drop us a rating in the podcasting platform of your choice. Next week, I'm going to be chatting to Andy Diderosi, the shiny new head of marketing at Basecamp, a project management product that I'm sure many of you will be familiar with. Andy is the first head of marketing they've hired, so I think this will be an interesting conversation. As a reminder, you can find all the episodes plus the show notes at rockstarcmo.com forward slash podcast. I've been your host, Ian Truscott, founding editor of Rockstar CMO. I hope you stay safe and well, and you'll join us next week on Rockstar CMO FM. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com.
We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.